Tell me when you're ready. Hey, thank you for watching and listening to the Ultra Perform Show, the show about performing your best in business and life. I have Talia Bruce here today. Is that right? Tally. Tally. Tally Bruce. Valenta <laughs> told me I do that every show. Because she wanted to watch almost every show to pack it up. I think Talia sounds more exotic, so we can roll with that. All right, Talia. That's what I do. I, I always have, I do. I always have a player. There's this guy named uh, Gerald Butler. Gerald Butler. I pronounce his name Gerald Butler. And she's like, I like that better. Yeah, pretty much. I can't like that better. I'm like, yeah, Gerald, it's better. So that's great. So I was because I can't read really, that Tally, Tally uh, was running for city council, but she actually is a sitting member of the city council for Conwood Heights. Congratulations. That's awesome. So you're a fairly new business owner, right? Um, and then you decide, you know, that's not enough, right? Six <laughs> stores. I mean, you run them, right? right. Not stores, but six businesses. And we'll talk about that in a few. You're like, you know what? What else I'll do? I'll run for a city council. Right. Not a big deal, right? And it did all kind of transition at the same time. Like, we took on the six businesses, and I decided to run all in June of last year. Did you pick up anything else that we haven't seen on there? My youngest graduated from high school in June of last year. And so I'm kind of an empty nester, my husband, my dog. So you felt like uh, she, did she move out already? He. He. Is he moved yeah. Out? He's living with his dad currently, and I've got five in college, actually. Cool. Yeah. Looks great. So, you have five kids? Yeah. We're so a Brady Bunch family. Six to, oh, Brady Bunch. Like, oh, that's three, a lot of kids. Three of mine, two of his. I always say that though. That's a lot of kids. Well, I shouldn't, yeah. When you hear nine in Utah, then you're like, yeah. oh, 13. Nine's small next to 13. I have a friend from Utah, and you can figure out the culture when I say this. But she was talking, and she was getting advice from me about dating, right? And she said, Adam, I only have 35 siblings. I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> like, so like, um, yeah, that would freak some people out. Yeah. Just, it's like, ah, I have like none because I'm the only child and uh, you have 35. I mean, it wouldn't <laughs> stop me from dating you, but it's something like in somebody's face. Finding commonality might be awkward. Mm-hmm. So when you were running, uh, how many months do you run for? And was it so we had a primary, so it started... Yeah, June 2017. June of 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, what things did you see that came up for, in people's face? Like uh, what, uh, like 35 siblings, she's on a date. They, I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? It has nothing to do with your dating, but it, it was an express that probably made people pull back. What did you see running for office that made people pull back? Um, there was a definite contrast. After the primary, when it was down to myself and Mike Hansen, uh, there was a definite contrast between he and I. 
in terms of he's very aligned with uh, the outgoing administration there mm -hmm. in Heights. A very male, very patriarchal, very mm. authoritative. He was very uh, assumptive that he was going to win, but I outworked him. Obviously. <laughs> so what does that mean? So you outworked him. So yeah. What does it take to win an election like that? And you, and you're saying you outworked him. So obviously it had something to do with work. So yeah. what what was that? It's two part. You've got to run a really smart campaign. And you've got to work really hard. And if the why is big enough, you will get it done. For me, it was big enough. Um, I was super motivated after Trump won. I just wanted to infuse myself into the system at whatever level I could. Mm. And I found out who my voters were. I accessed as many emails as I could. Um, I hit everyone up for advice. That I could think of, and I listened and I took notes. Everyone. Now, when you say everyone for advice, because I talk about this, did you ask anyone or did you ask people that were experts? Both. Both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Margarita Satini, she lives in Cottonwood Heights. She had previously run for city council, and so she was my um, effective campaign manager, and she was brilliant and talented. And my brother is a longtime Utah politician, and so I leaned on his advice. Uh, my cousin is a Utah politician. The outgoing mayor in Cottonwood Heights is actually my brother-in-law's brother. Mm. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> a lot of political activity in the family. I never thought I would be a politician, but then, you know, things change. <laughs> never say never. So what, what did you want to change in Cottonwood Heights that you saw would be helpful? And I, I actually grew up in Cottonwood. So I know the area. I know a bit of the history because Cottonwood Heights didn't exist. It was just the county. Right. And then wait, this is what my dad says. Don't be offended. I don't say this. My dad says a bunch of out of work politicians decided making a city and raised because he saw his water bill go from like cheap to triple, literally triple. And he showed me like one day he's like, look. I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. I thought it was just old man complaining, but he was right. Right. Yeah, having not been there when they incorporated, I don't know what the real stimulus was mm -hmm. to pull away from the county. You know, desire for more control, but whose desire? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. um, so Mayor Colmore was there from the very beginning, and he just retired. So this is his first year of not being an active mayor. And the district council member from my district became our new mayor. And then we also had another female in District 4, so a pretty big shift in the dynamics of Conwood Heights leadership. It was a very, in fact, one of my mailings was uh, illustrated how all of the sitting council members were pretty much the same dude. <laughs> I did grayscale images of each of their photos. Oh, and are they're you all middle-aged white well, males. That, that was one of your campaign things. Wow, that's pretty cool. A little gray scale photo of each of them and a big color photo of me and said, time for a fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of positive feedback on that. So you're creative with your approach. Yeah, creative. So it wasn't just that you outworked them, you outsmarted in yeah, that case. Right? Yeah, that was a pretty smart ad. Mm -hmm. It really was. And then I had an army of women that showed up for me and we knocked on doors all day, every day. I knocked at least three hours a day, six days a week, from June until November. And that made a big difference. 
a world of difference, yeah. Mm. We pretty much knocked on every door. Not everybody was, was about home, to ask you. I was about to ask you. <laughs> every active voter. You get the voter rolls. You don't knock on non-voter doors because you're wasting your time. I'd like to go back and knock on those doors and register them to vote. But mm-hmm. We focused on registered voters. And so if someone had a, uh, if I should ask this, I should ask this before, but you can you'd be a politician for my question. Okay. <laughs> so if people in Colin Heights had a question mm-hmm. or Sometimes maybe it's complaint, or let's say something that they're dealing with. How could they get a hold of you to uh, see if they can cause an effective change, or just let you know? Because you might not yeah. even know. There might be a problem, and you want to take care of. Right. I'm really readily accessible on Facebook, um, email, cell phone is online. But in addition to that, every second Sunday of every month, at my personal business, About Time Pub and Grub. Uh, in Cotton Heights, I host tally time at 10 a.m. <laughs> every cool. every month, every second Sunday, 10 a.m. Come by about time pub and grub and tell me all your woes. <laughs> I I like to say that I like to hear your concerns, but I love to hear your solutions. Oh, that's a good thing to say. I, <laughs> yeah. say, I say this one. Whoa, wait, wait, stop. Because it's like, tell me what we can do, yeah. not all we can't do. Right. Because I get it. This isn't going to work. I, I, we already said that. We don't need to, like, drag it out and beat it, you know. That's the, the biggest shift that I'm trying to make in Cotton Heights. The, the corporate staff, there's some really talented individuals there, and they've been, I don't know if they're just downtrodden or beat up, but mm-hmm. they, there's a culture of no. So every time you go to them with an idea or a concept and they have a laundry list of why it won't work, they can't do that, this won't happen, I don't know. It's just the culture of no. So mm-hmm. if I could shift anything, it would be that. So I would say I would say it's like um, I was talking to, I think it was you, David. Um, I think it was him. I was talking about like I just don't get the world because there's some things that are so obviously wrong, but we go with it because it's policy or procedure or that's what's done. You know, right. it's not just common heights. The world, mm-hmm. like yeah, I know that's how it is. Though and I'm like, why? Why do you need to go through like all these steps instead of just going from A to B? I mean, you're just making up that you can't go to A to B. It's right there. Saying if it's until. The fear of things staying the same becomes greater than the fear of change. People don't change. Mm. So, unfortunately, our human condition has to get really horrible before we effect change. And that is, I don't know, that seems to hold up a relationship, career. Because it's comfortable? Yeah, people are scared of change. So, they will stay and stay and stay with the status quo Mm. beyond when it's not working. What about the people that uh, do change when they do, like... Oh, people break up with people, get divorces, leave jobs. All right, so this is perfect for you. You said that you decided to, uh, you already said it, but you saw a problem, Trump, and you decided to make a change. But how does going to a small town like Cotton Heights, right, and becoming city council, affects Trump. Or was it that you said, well, if he can become president, anyone can do it? <laughs> that's, that's what I would say. That's what I would say. I'm like, there's total I love, that. I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't love his decisions, but I love the example Trump made. Like, if he can become president, anyone can do it. Right. 
there is a lot of truth to that. For good and for bad. <laughs> but I, I think what Trump's really shown and demonstrated over this last year, leadership sets a tone. The tone yeah. in this country has become so ugly, like harder and faster slide down than even I anticipated, and I knew it was going to be bad. And so leadership sets a tone, and I thought if I can just interject a little bit of inclusiveness, lovingness into my community, in my little micro, we might lose the war, but we can win a battle or two. Mm. So I'll fight for that. So I do videos and this show and another show and another show. <laughs> a lot of shows. <laughs> oh, I <didn't> <laughs> um, but I, I have this like either delusional or I have this thought that, well, I don't want to complain about it. I want to do something about yeah. life and things. Right. And so I get frustrated. My friends here all the time. I'm frustrated with the human condition, and I still go out there and I want to make cause change. Do you think from our little pockets that we're actually causing change, or is it useless? We are. We are. Even if it's little tiny things, it's worth the effort because, for example, week before last, the chief of police in Cotton Heights sent out this email for everybody to comment on. And it was this atrocious sign that he wanted to mount on every stop sign throughout the city of Compton Heights. And the sign was like, don't feed the pigeons, but it was don't feed the homeless. Don't give tips to homeless people. You homeless in Compton Heights? <laughs> like one. His perception is that since they cleared up the gateway situation, mm-hmm. homeless are all over the valley now. Well, they did. I, I have seen that. They have spread. I don't know if they made it. Yeah, one. I saw one. One? Yeah. <laughs> but the, the sign that he wanted to post was just dehumanizing, crushing to my soul. Mm-hmm. And he had sent it out in a mass email, and two people had already responded saying, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And I'm like, no, shut that down right here, right now, or my dead body mm-hmm. will be put... So less message like that up in Cotton Heights. It was so. If that's all I do, if that's my only big accomplishment oh, as a council member, yeah, yeah I hope about that. Well, it also. I mean, there's a few things. I don't know what the sign was, but it also be saying, warning: we have homeless people people in Cotton Heights. Please don't hang out here. Yeah, perpetuating fear, mm-hmm. and fear is. I don't know. It's contagious. People seem to gravitate to fear and hostility and anger. And they don't, too, at the same time, because we yeah. wouldn't have such great things available. I mean, right. I think, I think, I don't know what's going on in the world, but there's some things, like I was saying earlier, it's like, what is going on? There's a unique opportunity to wake up right now. So what's wrong with Trump? Why? <laughs> it, why? I mean, some people love him, so why, why do you go, oh, I saw a problem with Trump, and he took action? Well, from my observation, he's deplorable. He's sexist, xenophobic, homophobic, racist. He's a con man. He he's atrocious with money. He's atrocious Don't tell with money. <laughs> oh, sorry. Overshare. <laughs> yeah, I have a very low opinion of him. But it's based on his life. <laughs> Everything he's done. Mm-hmm. The thirty five hundred lawsuits that have been filed by contractors that 3, he's stepped on. Yes. Wow. 
Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I've heard different things here and there. Yeah. 3,500, that's public record. That's public record. Oh, wow. You know, the 16 women that accused him of sexual assault, the women that have been in his beauty pageants that he cleared behind the curtains to. So we, okay, so we, you should never sexually assault anyone. I'll yeah. say that first. Do you remember my middle of the road thing? It freaks people <laughs> yeah. out. You start talking, wait, is he for sexual assault? No, I'm not for sexual assault. So, why, well, why he's, so 16 people came out, said that. And then there's been a, it's been, it's been happening everywhere, right? Why has nothing happened about it? Why is it okay? I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that people came out, considering what came out. It was before he was president, right? That saying and all the way he viewed things and stuff, right? Okay. Um, I'm avoiding actually saying it. So, why are we surprised? Why is it a why is it a big deal, or why isn't it taken care of? And what would it be to take care of? What would you do? Well, I think that I think it is a big deal. Number one. Mm-hmm. But I think um, it's not a big deal to a lot of people. A lot of people are willing to put all of those things on the shelf if they believe that their agenda is moving forward. And that's not okay with me. Mm-hmm. So I will, I'll continue to love those people, but I'll fight that agenda. And that kind of corrupt person, I'll fight it. Um, so I was born in... Uh in, uh, where was I born? Queens, New York. <laughs> I was born in Queens, New York. My parents are Egyptian, making me Egyptian, but I'm really like I'm American, then I'm kind of Egyptian. Um, and I was saying like to these diehard Trump fans uh, on Facebook, um, I was saying, well, he did say this. I might be able to hear him if he didn't say, uh, you know, these shithole countries. Right? People come from these several countries. I might be able to see why he's doing good, but I appreciate he stops insulting or insulting people, right? right? And just being like, it's okay. Why do you think people say, oh, that's fine. He's doing a good job over here. Because normally, if someone's being, uh, I don't know how to say it in a nice way, a filter, David? Uh, a jerk. Yeah, so he's being a jerk, right? But he's doing a good job. They still don't like him thinking he's being a jerk. So why is that allowed? Why can he just get away with doing all this? I guess everybody's got their own line in the sand, you know? Um, For me, he's passed, so far past my line in the sand in terms of what I'm willing to sit down and have a reasonable conversation with. And he's consistently atrocious. You know, the most recent flagrant lie that he would have run into that school without a without a weapon. He was? <laughs> <He's>, what? <laughs> the school shooting. That just yeah, happened. I know. I don't think yeah, yeah. Shooting. He said yeah. that he would have run in there, even if he didn't have a weapon. He would have charged in there. Oh, he would have. tried to take oh, down the gun. He, he, he personally yeah. would have oh, yeah. done that. And how does anyone even entertain these concepts when they're so obviously contradictory to everything he is. He, I, I just don't, I guess, I don't comprehend how people can fall so hard for such a heavy comment. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I try to wrap my head around it, but I haven't yet. I think people like to follow people. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, 
if they're being big and large, it's easy for people to follow and believe what people said. I've always wondered that. Why do people believe what people say so easily and not look at the actions? Yeah. I mean, not everyone does this, but I've seen people follow that work. So what uh, you said, staying sane uh, and uh, focusing on what you can control. What 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 was what was that about? So this is a pattern I've noticed in my life. If things are kind of spinning out of control for me, I'll identify what can I control, pull my focus in tight, and focus on what I can control. Um, Prime example. After my second divorce, one that I didn't choose, everything was spinning out of my control and literally everything. All I could really control was diet and exercise. Mm. And so I got into competitive bodybuilding mm. after my second divorce, and which was great because I looked phenomenal when I met my third husband. Oh, great. <laughs> and he's a keeper. So <laughs> we just celebrated 10 years wow. last year. Awesome. We merged a bunch of kids a decade ago. Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Now they're five in college and they're thriving. They're amazing little people. Looks great. Not little. Grown up. Yeah, they're not all little. All grown up. They're in college now. Yeah. So what does it take to run the election? So a local. Election. Yeah, we started on that. You've got to be organized. You've got to know who your constituents are. Um, have a strategy. Take notes, guys. If have you want to make a difference, quit complaining about it and take action. <laughs> yeah, I hope that every single person watching this runs for the 2018 election. Let's have a tidal wave of sanity. Whatever your why is, whatever why you're thinking about doing it, focus really, really heavily on that why, and it'll make all of the how seem trivial. What about the people you don't really want running? Yeah, not you. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> Like some people you might be like, oh, wait, when I said that, I didn't mean you. I'm pretty sure that if there's somebody I wouldn't want running, and as, as much as I've said so far, they've already clicked off. So we're probably into right, a safe yeah. audience at this point. That would be my guess. So the list was, sorry. Get focused. Oh, yeah. Have a strategy. <laughs> Have a way to contact. If you, can, if you can buy an email list or a texting list, um, raise some money. <laughs> all of, but a good campaign advisor is going to help you with all of those steps. The thing that probably uh, helped me the most was committing my friends to walk with me. Mm. So I had a schedule and I shot it out 30 days in advance. And I just bugged people and bugged them and bugged them until they committed to walk with me. And then I had to walk. <laughs> people are showing up at your house yeah, yeah, to knock true. on doors with you. Right? You go. Yeah, and so. True. There was many a day when I was like, oh, I'm just burned out. I don't want to knock on doors. But somebody shows up to walk with you, you're out there. I feel like that sometimes about the show. I was excited about today's show, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I have another show. <laughs> Why am I doing this? It's like so, it's just a story that runs up because we get into our human nature, or at least that part of our human yeah, nature. Yeah, right. That we just want to be lazy, we want to eat candy, we want to, you know, watch a show, whatever it might be. Netflix and chill? Yeah. It's easy to be lazy. Yeah, it is easy to be lazy. So what are the great things that you've gotten out of uh, being on city council? Probably inspiring other women to run. If I can 
And there's a couple of my Facebook friends that have just recently announced they're running for school board and they're running for this committee or that committee. And I'm just so excited to see that. Um, I think women have the, the potential to salvage this situation that we're in. I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that would be probably number one. I went to a DARE, fifth grade DARE graduation. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. The drug and mm-hmm. alcohol program, mm-hmm. you know, that they teach in fifth grade. And just to have a city council member sit up there and be a woman. I, I'm, that just makes me feel really fulfilled. Why do you feel like uh, more women don't run, don't take uh, on that challenge? I think... Um, like, what did you see, being a woman, about to or making this decision that you could see, oh, I could see why a woman wouldn't want to do this? Yeah, well, to be perfectly honest, I think a lot of people... Are, I'm going to lie to you. I'm going to lie to you. The politician lied to us. <laughs> I really suck at that part. Good, <laughs> I've, good. I've got to work on that whole lie with a straight face. I don't know how to do it. But I think people that are drawn into politics are seeking power mm-hmm. or authority. And women are more cooperative. And, you know, we want to collect data and analyze and make a group decision and or never make a decision or never make a decision put it off (laughs) that's easy to do in politics (laughs) so i I don't i'm speaking for myself i guess i never foresaw myself wanting to be a politician but my why got really really big with trump and and just injecting a more loving compassionate Tone mm-hmm. at whatever level I could. Great, that's good. So they, but why wouldn't they want to do it? Because those are their, uh, they just want to go along. Well, people are mean. People are mean. Yeah, okay. you, you put yourself out there to take a lot of feedback, mm-hmm. I guess, from people. And so, I, for me, I just turned fifty last month, mm-hmm. and just barely do I have thick enough skin. To do this. Oh, to deal with yeah, that. To yeah, deal with that. that makes sense. Yeah. And so those younger women that are already thick skinned, I'm like, you go, girl. I am mm-hmm. so proud of them because it took me 50 years to get this thick skin. To get skin. To that point, like, oh. Yeah, I don't care. It's anymore. kind of like what I was saying uh, earlier before we started the show. It's like being out in the public eye like this, you have to just kind of, I'm sorry, but you have to kind of ignore people. Otherwise, if you don't, right. you, they pull you down like that crab story. The, you're trying to get out of the bucket and crabs mm-hmm. will pull you, pull you, pull you down and they try to get up and they can never get out of the bucket because they're always pulling each other down. Mm-hmm. That's not exactly what's happening because it's an analogy, but it's something what I've seen similar is how you get critiqued on everything. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? You know? Yeah, right. What are you doing? <laughs> I'll get critiqued by the guy that's uh, at a thousand uh, shows or do whatever. Um, but why should I listen to you? What are you doing? Nothing? Okay, great. Leave me alone. Right. <laughs> or come and help me. Or come and help me. Let's go walk on doors. Right. Tell me what you think right. is better. Come see what's like. It's amazing when we get one-on-one with just about anybody. You'll find common ground. Mm. Everybody's trying to live a decent life with some meaning and purpose and security and hope. Yeah, that makes sense. You... Uh, I mean, it might be too early, but do you plan on going to whatever that next level is, like we were talking about earlier? Or you don't know yet? I don't know yet. 
I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm only two months in, so four years. It's four years. Seems okay. like a really long time. Mm -hmm. So I won't be anywhere close to deciding. So I'm three and a half years into it, but <laughs> I'm enjoying it. But um, I don't know if this is a lifelong thing for me. How long does it take to run for city council? How long should you plan on running? Is it six months? Yeah, six months probably. Because it's a local thing? Mm -hmm. What if you're running for mayor? Would that be a year or two years? or? Is it... Yeah, the submission time frame is all about the same. But... Well, submission is different than actually running and sure. being on the streets, yeah. right? Declare yourself and then What's the most challenging thing that you've seen about being a woman business owner and a uh, woman city council member? I guess patriarchal mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of that in Utah. Patriarchal. And what is that for people that don't know? Just uh, patriarchal. 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 Close. Close. <laughs> um, just that uh kind of a, man thing. Let's just say that. Yeah. I'm a man, I'm a man so okay. I should be in charge. Yeah. I should be making the decisions. You should be barefoot and pregnant. <laughs> roles. Yes. We should all stay in our assigned roles and uh there's a there's a fair amount of that in business and in politics. Um, but I'm really optimistic about Conwood Heights. It's come a long way in terms of uh diversity and you know, multiple points of view, and as people are forced to live by neighbors that don't think the same way as they do, their thoughts expand, and it's it's becoming a really fun place to live. Yeah, it's changed a lot in the past few yeah. years. There's a lot of businesses there. You get a lot of uh, skiers, I guess, coming through, right? Yeah, we do. Does the population increase a lot? Because I don't notice a lot of the Yeah, no, yeah. we haven't had a lot of population growth, and we're pretty well built out. Um, that's one of our hot topics right now at City Hall, that we're entertaining an ordinance to allow accessory dwelling units, mother-in-law apartments, and because of the shortage of housing mm -hmm. and the high demand. And so that is a hotly contested... Just, right just mother-in-law. Yeah, mother-in-law apartments. It's a bold deal. Well, yeah, good deal. It's fairly it's easy. You, yeah, yeah, you dig a hole, <laughs> you dig a hole, you throw your parents in there, and... Lock and lock. Yeah, right. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, easy. Uh, people, if people watched before, they know I take care of my parents as much as I can, so I can make that show. You're a good son. Be quiet down there. Um, but anyway, so if you ever think of other ordinances, you should drive around this area before you go because they uh, change this area to pretty much do whatever you want. Really? So you see apartments just popping up all over. Wow. You'd be shocked how much development there is here. We're looking at maybe doing that to this property too. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Well, um, did you see any challenges owning a bar and running for city council <laughs> in that area? You did. Totally, yeah. A fairly progressive pub owning woman. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely thought it was a long shot. And I was, I was, there's no doubt about it. The guy that I ran against was, um, he had a fairly high calling in his stake. Mm. And uh, very What does well that known. mean? For people that don't know so, what, what the heck you're talking he, about. He had a pretty what high ecclesiastical title within the Mormon church. Mm. And so he was pretty well known. It was definitely a long shot that I could win, but when I knocked door to door, I was shocked at how many like-minded people 
were there. And mm-hmm. I just, I hadn't met all my neighbors because how often do you knock on people's doors? On every door? How often do you knock on every door in your city? <laughs> Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? And she remembers everyone's name. <laughs> I do. Call her up tomorrow. I remember right. everyone. So, yeah, it was, it was really, uh, after, you know, a few days of knocking, I'm like, I'm going to have a shot at this. Mm-hmm. So, That's and then cool. you'd have days where you'd have, you know, 10 houses in a row where it didn't go so well. Yeah, and you're yeah, thinking, yeah. oh, there's not you a quit. You're like, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. Right? So, uh, well, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, half hour goes pretty quick. Right? Um, and if people, so if people wanted to talk to you, how would they do that? Uh, email me. And what's your email? And we'll uh, post it too. Let's go with uh, elect tally Bruce at gmail.com. Elect Tally Bruce and it's or Talia. Like, uh, Tally. Oh, Elect Tally Bruce at Gmail. That's the spelling. Yep, that's the spelling. <laughs> and thanks, Evan. Yep, you're welcome. So, and there's the second Sunday of every month. You can get about time in uh, Cottonwood Heights, which is by Reeves. Is that right? Then? No, it's on 30th East. Kind of across the street from the address? street road. Oh, sorry, what's the address? 6633, 6655, Bay Cottonwood Canyon Road, something like that. It's by Marcus Your Grill, that cool little area where <laughs> yeah. the trees and the river and stuff. Cool. So thank you guys for watching and listening to the Alter Perform Show, the show about performing your best in business and life. Uh, remember to watch our show tomorrow, weekdays at 5 o'clock. We'll have Chris Miles talking about making money uh, in a few different ways. And I forget exactly, but you check in tomorrow and you'll find out how. See you later. Thank you.